Well, good morning. So good to see you here today. Today we begin a new sermon series where we're going to be focusing on the creative ways that God communicates. Our passage of scripture today is Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and the title of the sermon today is Spoken into Creation. Spoken into Creation. You know, I've heard it said that one of the most beautiful sentences in any language is the sentence that we read at the beginning of the book of Genesis. That in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the reason why people think that that's one of the most beautiful sentences ever written or ever uttered is because it expresses the idea that there is a good God, and that that good God is committed to creating good things. Now, if you look at that sentence, there is a phrase in that sentence that I want to focus on for just a moment this morning, and the phrase is, heavens and earth, heavens and earth. Scholars call that phrase a merism. And a merism is when you take two words and you link them together to express totality. So let me give you a, for instance, an example. I work day and night on my sermons. That means, translated, I work on my sermons all the time, and that is absolutely not true. So let me give you maybe a better example of a merism. A few weeks ago, I was officiating a wedding down in Alabama of a friend, and the bride and the groom both wrote their own wedding vows. And the groom said to the bride, I promise to stand beside you through thick and thin. That's a merism. It's two words linked together to express totality. It was his way of saying that no matter what life throws at us, no matter what circumstances we face, we will face them together because I am right by your side. So when you see in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, I believe it is the writer's desire to express that God created everything in totality, that our God is a good God, and that our God is committed to creating good things. But our faith teaches us not just that our God created everything way back when, our faith also teaches us that our God is also continuing to create things in the world today. Last week, I was listening to a podcast, and I heard a beautiful quote from G.K. Chesterton, and he said this, the reason why there are so many daisies in the world is not out of necessity. The reason why there are so many daisies in the world is because God never gets tired of making them. 
Our God is not just a God that created everything way back when. Our faith teaches us that our God is still in the business of continually creating new things. That's the kind of God we believe that we worship and serve. But our God is not just a God who created things way back when. Our God is not just a God who is creating new things all the time. Our faith informs us that our God is also a God that renews that which has already been created, but is not yet living according to God's purpose for that creation. Our God is at work in each one of us and in all of creation where we fail to be the people that God calls us to be, trying to do a new thing to renew us in our lives. It happens in just a few pages after what we read this morning when Adam and Eve messed up and failed to live into the purpose that God originally intended for them to live, we're told that God did a new thing in Adam and Eve's life. The same thing happened for Noah. The same thing happened to Abraham. The same thing happened to Moses. The same thing happens, or God desires for happen, for all of us. Now, I don't uh, watch a lot of movies anymore. I got a feeling that's going to change in my life in the next few years. Uh, I'll probably be an expert at all things Disney, but I, I don't watch many movies. I haven't watched movies for a long time, so if I start to quote a movie in a, in a sermon, you know it's going to be an old movie. And, and so I remembered as I was preparing for the message today, a movie that I saw back in the early 90s. Maybe some of you have seen it. City Slickers. Anybody remember the movie City Slickers? Well, in the movie City Slickers, there is this one particular guy who's in an awful marriage. And in one intense scene in the movie, the wife looks at the man and says, I hate you. And the man looks back at her and says, I hate you more. And then he says, in fact, if hate were people, I'd be China. So big, so large was the hate that this person had for his wife. Now, I was going to show that clip in the thing this morning, and Claudia Hunter walked into my office right when I was watching it. I'm not sure she believed me when I said, I'm actually doing sermon prep, Claudia. But as I watched the whole scene of that movie, I realized it was a little too salty for St. Mark's, if you know what I mean. I didn't think I could get away with showing it from the pulpit. So I thought I would just paraphrase it for you. So bad was the hatred between the two. Well, later the same guy that's just told his wife that he hates her even more than she hates him, he is miserable. He's absolutely miserable. And his friends are trying to comfort him. And one of his friends, played by Billy Crystal, looks at this man and he says, you know what? You remember when we were kids and how we'd be playing a game together and how the game wouldn't go exactly the way that we wanted the game to go? Do you remember what we would do? We would say, how about a do-over? And then you'd get a do-over. And so Billy Crystal told his friend, you know, right now, 
what you need, what you've got, is an opportunity for a do-over. Your life hasn't been what you wanted it to be, but, but from this point on, you can make it something uh, better. You have a clean slate. Use it. Our God is not just a God that created things way back when. Our God is not just a God that is continually creating new things today. Our God is a God when life that was created is not living into its intended purpose or desire. God can do something new. Give a new beginning. Give a do-over in your life. And God does that by speaking it into existence. Many of you know that um, my first marriage ended in divorce. It was a dark, dark season in my life. And I am so thankful that in the midst of that dark season in my life that I had friends that reminded me that I serve and worship a God who's capable of a do-over, who's capable of providing a clean slate. And I had friends who were constantly encouraging me to, to just lay hold and to claim that belief that God could do something new in the midst of such darkness and chaos in my life. And so I arrived at the decision that I was going to give my pain to God and to see what God could do with it, to see how God might do something and make something new out of it. Now, I wish that you could just give it to God and it would no longer hurt, but that's not really the way it works. You give it to God, you still feel all of the pain associated with that darkness, with that chaos in your lives. But you give it to God and you say, God, I, I want to see if you can use even this awful situation to do something new, to give me a do-over. When I started dating people and, man, I had so many worse first dates, I just didn't believe it was, I'd ever find anybody, you know. I'd be in a date 15 minutes into it and I'd be like, oh my Lord, I got to get out of here, you know. Could I fake a pastoral emergency or something? Um, and then I met Hillary. And as I met Hillary, and as we started talking, and, and as we started dating, it was almost as if God were speaking to me what God spoke in Isaiah 43. See, Tommy, I am doing a new thing. It is springing forth. Can you not perceive it? And I stand before you today a blessed man. God was able to create something, to do something new. Our God is capable of doing that. Our God created way back then. Our, our God is creating something new right now. Our God can even give us a do-over. That's the good news for us today. 
There may be somebody here in this congregation, there may be somebody within the sound of my voice that is experiencing some chaos and some darkness in your life, and I want you to know that our God is at his best in the midst of chaos and darkness. That's what Genesis chapter 1 tells us. Out of the darkness, out of the chaos, something beautiful came forward. Our God can do that. If something's gnawing at you, if there's some sort of cloud of darkness or chaos in your life and you're looking for hope to believe that God can give you a do-over, that God can do something new in your life, I would like to invite you to pray a prayer with me that I first heard uh, shared by a pastor by the name of John Ortberg. He calls it the A-B-C-D-E prayer. It's an acronym The A is for antecedent, what's going on in your life right now. So you begin by sharing with God what what you're dealing with. The B is belief. The, The belief that I'm talking about is what you believe about your life based on what's going on in your life, the antecedent. The C is consequence. It's What are the consequences of you believing what you believe about what is happening in your life? The D is the divine dispute. This is where you invite God into the conversation to dispute the things that you have come to believe about what is going on in your life. And the E is the effect of inviting God into the conversation to dispute what you believe is happening as a result of the antecedent, what has been going on. So let me give you an example using my personal story from a little earlier. The antecedent, what was going on in my life is that my marriage of 20 years had ended. The belief that I had about the marriage that had ended was that I am an absolute failure. And that if I can't make the own relationships in my own life work, then how in the world am I going to shepherd a church full of people in their relationships with God and in their relationships with other people? I felt like I was a failure. I felt like nobody would want to listen to me. I felt like no one would want me as their pastor. Those are the beliefs that I felt as a result of what had happened in my life. The consequences of those beliefs were that I felt like uh, I was worthless. I felt like I was afraid. Uh, I felt like I was anxious. I felt like that uh, I couldn't lead people, that I couldn't be a good pastor. I began to think some things that were just absolutely ripping me apart inside. And then I invited God to speak into those things. To dispute what I had believed about myself to be true based on what had happened in my life. And God didn't speak to me in some sort of audible voice. Maybe you've been privileged to receive that. But God spoke to me through other people. And God spoke to me through God's Word. And and God disputed the things that I had grown to believe about myself based on what had happened in my life by, by reminding me of certain things like nothing 
absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God made known in Jesus Christ. The divine dispute continued by, by reminding me of those words of Isaiah 43. See, I am doing a new thing. It is springing up now within you. Can you not perceive it? God disputed what I'd begun to believe about myself by saying, I am at my creative best in the midst of darkness and chaos. Read Genesis chapter 1 and you'll see how that is true. When I allowed God to dispute what I'd grown to believe about myself based on what had happened in my life, the effect was that I began to believe that God could do something new. That I believed that God could give me a do-over that I believe that the same God that created way back long ago, the same God that continues to create today, could do a new creation in me and in my life. That is the good news. In the midst of our darkness and in the midst of our chaos, our God continues to speak into us a new creation. And there may be somebody here this morning that needed to hear that as badly as I needed to be reminded of it.